Balancing Affordable Legal Services and Profit with Christina Gilbertson, Episode 270. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another amazing guest interview here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I have a treat for you, um, not because it's an expert from the marketing arena or uh, somebody who runs another podcast or somebody who's, uh, uh, let's see, what else? What are the other the other types of guests that we have on here? No, this is a fellow attorney. This is somebody who is in the trenches with you. This is somebody who is on the same journey that you're on. And I asked her to be here because she left a review on the podcast uh, which I encourage you all to do, by the way. Uh, and you can do that by going into iTunes and choosing to leave a review. Um, and, you know, those reviews are really important for us because people, when they are looking for content to consume, they look at those reviews. And if we don't have the right quantity or the right quality score, they're going to pass us up. And we would love to have them in our audience. We'd love to give them an opportunity to, um, to listen in to the great content that we provide. But um, our guest today is Christina Gilbertson. And Christina left um, a review that when I read it, I said, I told Mimi, I said, Mimi, we have to get Christina on the show. Uh, Reach out to her. Let's see if we can make this happen. And here she is. Uh, So I'll share that review with you shortly so you can see why I wanted her on the show. But let me tell you a bit about Christina real quick. Uh, Christina is a recovering litigator who left the big firm life a few years ago to do things a bit differently and to make a bigger difference for the small business clients that she serves. Despite the, uh, she despises the billable hour, um, and I love her for that. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into that shortly. Um, and um, so she despises the billable hour. She built her growing practice using a subscription package and flat fee services. And her goal is to even the playing field a bit so that the small businesses can get the quality legal services they deserve at a price they can afford. And I love this intro she shared, uh, which, and I can't wait to dive into it with her because I want to differentiate between making it affordable for the clients while you can still be profitable as the attorney, as as the law firm, right? Sometimes we think that when I make something affordable for clients, I'm doing that at my own um, at, at my own cost, right? So, oh, it's I don't do pro bono because my time is worth more than that, right? Um, but yet we have attorneys who are billing by the hour who are constantly shaving time off of how much time they spent. They're shaving dollars off an invoice. They end up paying, getting paid a lot more, a lot less for their time than they should be. And um, Christina has figured out how to run a profitable law firm using a flat fee model that is going to uh, essentially um, help her clients get legal services for a significant discount to what it would have cost them otherwise, or at least for a way for them to know what they're getting into uh, before they start. So I can't wait to jump into this conversation with her. Without any further ado, I'd like to bring Christina on. Uh, Christina, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Moshe. It is my absolute pleasure, and I appreciate you being here. Um, we start this really easy at the beginning. People don't know who you are. They want to get to know you. I gave you a little bit of an intro, but why don't you fill in the gaps? Why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you ended up an attorney, uh, maybe how you ended up owning your own law firm or choosing the niche that you chose. Just give us some of those backstrokes uh, so that we can we can get an idea of, you know, what your life is, is all about. Yeah, of course. So I'm one of those people that, you know, in in elementary school, your teacher goes around the room and asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? And most people are saying, I want to be a police officer or a superstar, or in my day, I want to be Michael Jordan dating myself a little bit. Um, I stood up and said that I wanted to be an attorney. I know I didn't know what an attorney was. There's no attorneys in my 
in my family. I don't know if I would watched an episode of Law and Order the night before what ha- what happened, but uh, I said that and the teacher kind of was kind of impressed by it. And that was just kind of my personality. It's like, oh, I got a good reaction. And so for some reason it just stuck and I enjoy writing and reading and doing all the things that it requires to be a lawyer. So fast forward and here I am and um, got my start, as you said, um, I was a trial attorney for a nationwide law firm and just kind of got disillusioned and disenfranchised from a little bit. It just, it, it wasn't the same. I was with that firm for about 11 years. Um, it was a great firm, but it just, it just changed, you know, um, the, I, I started feeling like I was just a number, um, in the, in the firm and it, it was, it was frustrating. So, I never had an inkling or a desire to be a business owner. Um, I liked things like a steady paycheck and all the benefits that came with having having a, a firm backing me. But um, fast forward, here I am. Uh, I, I made that leap with the. I was supported by a friend of mine who just kind of pushed me in this direction, and I've been out on my own now for about three and a half years, and it's been amazing. Um, it's been very different. Uh, the stressors are very different from when I was in the big firm, but it's such a more rewarding uh, experience where I'm at now. And I, I get to work with the clients I want to work with. I get to do the kind of law that I want to practice. Um, and it's, it's really, it has transformed my life. Um, it's been, I, I can't say enough good things about it. And it's, and it's funny looking back with the adversity, like I was so adverse to any kind of risk and adverse to, I was, I was convinced I was going to fall on my face, you know, just because it was such a foreign feeling to me, but I didn't. And, um, I've surprised myself. And I think that that's been the most transformative part of it is that, you know, the fake it till you make it for a little bit. Eventually, if you, if you stick to it and you believe you actually can make it. So that's, that's kind of my story of where I'm at now. That's awesome and incredible. And and three and a half years into the journey, I mean, uh, you know, some people think that, oh, I'm going to start a law firm. And, you know, by the end of year one, I'm a success, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a success story. And then there are people who have been doing this for six, seven, eight years. And they're wondering, like, when does that success happen? Uh, so, you know, th- uh, if, if you look at the sample set of the attorneys out there, the law firms out there, um, you know, achieving a level of success three years in is, is huge. It's a big accomplishment. Um, and I'm sure that it wasn't easy. I'm sure that it didn't come, you know, on its own. Um, and I'd love to get a little bit of insight into that journey as we, as we progress through this conversation. Um, but kudos to you for what you've built already. Um, and I'm excited to dive into some of the details. But before that, our audience is like sitting on the edge of their seat wondering like what was in this review that Moshe, you know, wanted her on the show. And it is not, it's not a long review, but it's what you said in it that I said, you know what, I, I really think that um, people should hear this because there's probably a lot of people out there who um, maybe they're just tuning into the podcast or, uh, or maybe they've been listening for a while and they listen to the lessons, but they don't, not, they don't necessarily execute on them. Um, and that's the key, right? The key is, is to take action. The key is to do something about it. So this is what, um, this is what you wrote. Uh, and I can't see the whole title here. A must listen for growing law firm. And I assume it says owners. I don't know what it says after that, but then you wrote, I don't know uh, how he does it, but Moshe always seems to know exactly what I need to hear. I stumbled upon him several months ago. And by listening to him and implementing Uh, I don't know how he does it, but Moshe always seems to know exactly what I need to hear. I stumbled upon him several months ago, and by listening to him and implementing a number of things he's recommended, my solo firm is thriving. He breaks things down to make it easy to identify things I'd never even considered. Thanks, Moshe. So first of all, thank you for writing that review and also um, for giving me a ton of credit where probably the credit is on you, right? Because um, it's, I, I might throw some ideas out there. I might get you thinking, but you have to turn that into something that you can take and run with. But I'd like to start there and ask you like, what, what are, what is it one or two examples of something that you heard on the podcast? You said, wow, I need to do that, or I need to implement that. And when you did it, it actually created a result for you. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, I know one of them, 
you got it. You have to give yourself the credit that putting the ideas out there is huge because I mean, business owners like myself, I mean, we're so ingrained in the day-to-day running of our businesses that kind of taking that step back and being able to look at things from an outside perspective is a luxury that a lot of us don't have, or we're just not trained to, to recognize when we do have those, at least myself, that that's my story. Um, and so, um, you've touched on a lot of different topics. Consistency is huge. One, um, I tend to be one of the people that takes 12 steps in or one step in 12 directions instead of 12 steps in one direction. And I remember there was a podcast where you talked about, you know, the consistency, you have to do the same types of things to get to where you want to go. And instead of squirreling is what I call it when I'm trying to do a bunch of different things. I, had to take a step back and recognize that's what I was actually doing is squirreling. And I wasn't making a lot of progress or um, improving things in any one area. I was just kind of halving it, you know, along the way. And by being consistent and realizing, okay, let's just pick something and and consistency and focus. Um, Let's pick it, pick a horse and let's ride it. Let's come up with a plan and let's figure out how to make that one one, one, um, aspect of what we're trying to do. Let's, let's see it through. Let's make it happen and let's get it done. Um, so that was definitely something that you had touched on that was helpful for me. Um, you're a lot, you have lots of different, um, podcasts on different technology aspects, and that has been great for me. Um, you introduced me to some things that I had, that I just wasn't aware existed. I'm trying to think of something specific now and of course I'm blanking, but, um, I am a true solo. Um, I, I mean, I, ha- I have a virtual assistant who works very few hours for me. So I still consider myself to be a true solo and that's by design. I want it to be that way, but I want there to be technology and, um, systems and processes and all of the things in lines so that the firm runs itself as much as it can. And, and that's another piece that you had um, touched on is prioritizing, systematizing all of those things. Um, and it's, and it's funny, like I said, you always, whenever you release the new podcast, for whatever reason, it fits exactly whatever's in the back of my head. So I don't know how, I don't know how you do that, but it's been, it's been great. Um, and you also pepper in there some kind of the personal, um, things to consider. Like, I remember there was one podcast, I think it was live today, like it's your last or something like that. And I, that was, it, it hit me in a way that I was like, I got to slow down and I got to realize, you know, it's, yes, I have to do a lot with the business, but it's not everything. I've, I've got two boys that are eight and 10, and I don't want to be the mom who's just constantly in front of the computer, constantly working. I I want to do this for them. I'm doing all of this for them. And I, I had felt really kind of disconnected with my kids, you know, around the time that that podcast came out. And so it was, it was just another eye opener of, you know, this isn't what I'm trying to build. This isn't the life that I want to build. I need to take a step back and I need to figure out a way to have the firm support my life, not my life just be completely centered around the firm. And so um, I love that you, you jump into those, you know, non-business specific things as well. And that those, those happen every now and then. And and I think that it's, it creates a really good balance for us because I mean, life isn't all business all the time. And you definitely recognize that. I know that that's how you run your life and and it's important to you. And um, I just feel that there's, there's the the way that you approach life in your business is kind of something that I'm, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't know if emulate is the right word, but it's something that I, I appreciate and I admire you for the way that you do it. And you share that partly through the podcast and partly through other ways that we're working together. Um, but it's something that I strive to be more like, and just makes me more conscious of, of what I'm doing in my life. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up these specific points, but we'll start with the last one first. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, I wish I can pull up that, that episode real quick, which maybe I could, I should have been looking while you were talking instead of now while I'm talking, but I'll find it. I'll reference it. If not, my team will, and we'll link it up in the show notes. Um, but, I will tell you that in the seat that I sit in where I help guide law firm owners in the growth of their practice, uh, probably nine times out of 10, the biggest challenge that they have is how much time they're investing in their firm and how, and how much they want it, how important it is for their firm to 
be something that they can um, have show, be an example to their kids of what success looks like and how life should be lived. And when you, when you look at that picture and you say like, really take a step back and say, like, why did I start my law firm? Like, what was the purpose that I started my law firm? And not everybody has kids, but a lot of people do. And probably one of the primary reasons you did was so that you can be your own boss. You can make your own decisions so that you could spend time with your family. And yet you're working 70, 80 hours a week in the firm. And even when you're with your family, you're on your phone um, or on your computer, you're bringing work home with you. Like even if it's your office is downstairs and you're upstairs and now all of a sudden, you know, work came into the living room kind of thing. Um, and I, I've been guilty of this as well. Um, but the reality is, is that when we look at the picture from an outside perspective, like when we, if we just take a bird's eye view and, you know, maybe like an, a mind out of body experience and take a look at what you're, what you're doing in practice, you're doing the opposite of what you wanted, right? You're not being a good example for your kids. You're not, you're, you're not spending quality time with them. What do you think they're going to remember when they grow up? Like, oh, I need to make sure that I choose a career where I am not working as hard as my parent did. I need to make sure to, that when I, that, that when I am home with my kids, I, you know, I'm spending every minute with them and I'm not bringing work home. And that might set them up on a different path than the one that you're, you're trying to demonstrate to them is, is a great path, right? Um, so you want to be an example to them, but you're doing the polar opposite. And what's interesting is, is that the other piece that you, that you pulled out, the consistency is kind of part of the solution to the problem right? So if you choose to set up boundaries and realize that, hey, my priority is here, like this is my life over here is my priority. And the business is just a vehicle to get there. And now I consistently live by that. That is what fuels the growth of the firm. And people think it's the other way around, like, oh, I'm going to work 80 hours today, and then tomorrow I'll be able to work 40 hours. But the reality is, is that when you work 40 hours today and you or 30, 40 hours is too much, by the way. It shouldn't be 40 hours. It should be 25 hours, right? Who made up 40 hours? Which, which moron decided 40 hours was a good amount of time to work every week? We should, we should be working a lot less than that. So when we, if we work 25 hours, it forces us to figure out how to get the firm to be as productive as we need it to be in 25 hours. And it, it, it's, it almost works the opposite of, oh, if I just keep adding more time, I'm going to solve my problem. No, figure out how to solve your problem without adding more time. That's the challenge. That's the trick. That is what's going to fuel the growth of your firm because it's going to cause you to hire somebody faster. It's going to cause you to raise your prices faster. It's going to cause you to create systems faster. All those things are going to happen as a byproduct of you sticking to your boundaries. So I love how you, these episodes that you brought up came together because they feed off of each other, right? Um, living your life is the key and taking consistent action and being consistent in, in your efforts is what's going to allow that to happen or is going to, it creates the before and the after for it. So um, pretty incredible. Now I want to dive into some of the specifics for for uh, with how you run your firm because um, there's a few different things that you are practicing whether you realize you're practicing them or not and they're very important near and dear to me in what I tell other lawyers like look if you want the key to success do this one of them is choosing a niche right there is a specific target market that I'm going to work with and a specific way that I'm going to serve them. And I'm not going to do all these other things. Um, talk to me about what are the practice areas that you serve and have you pulled back on any practice area um, because of that messaging? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my primary focus area um, is, and through my subscription practice allow, enables us to be it just kind of works well together is serving as outside general counsel to small businesses and specifically looking at small businesses. Some might even call them micro businesses. You know, I'm talking, you know, some of them are 
solopreneurs that just need that extra guidance. Um, I think my largest client right now has maybe 30 employees, something like that. So I really am working with the smaller people or the smaller businesses. Um, cause I found, you know, in, in the prior life, I was working for the, the giant companies across the country. And, um, I was just kind of a local mouthpiece for them and they didn't really want to listen or and to what my recommendations were. Um, they didn't really value, what I had to say, but every now and then when I'd work with a smaller business, I could tell that I was actually making a difference. And it was something that I was telling them things that I thought was maybe more common knowledge, but things that they hadn't thought of before, you know, just because they hadn't been exposed to that. And that's usually because they're price pointed out of, uh, quality legal services. And so they're left to kind of do it all themselves. And so, um, that, has been my, my focus for the last three years is helping them, whether it's from start to finish, forming the business, sell, selling the business, working on things, you know, to improve, um, they're working with employees, contracts, kind of across the board, trademarks, all, all of the things, I guess. Um, but just protect, helping them to protect what they're working so hard to build. Um, and, it's been, it's more of a partnership that I create with them. And it's, so it's, it's, I don't have a specific industry that I focus on, but it's, for me, it's a mindset. So I'm looking for that business owner that is either in that growth period where they realize they've been doing it all themselves and they just, they can't keep doing it all themselves. And they are ready to kind of get that legal piece off their plate and just have somebody in their back pocket or somebody who is like, I have no desire to touch anything legal. I I'm just starting out. I know better. I'm not, you know, let me just stay out of the way and and hand that to you. So I'm looking for the people that are, that that recognize the importance of protecting what they're building. And it's funny because not all business owners have that mindset. A lot of them are like, ah, I don't want to talk to my attorney ever. You know, like talking to my attorney is a bad thing that's not how my clients and I interact. I mean, we have a true partnership. I, my clients, you know, most of my subscription clients, they're long-term. I, I'm talking for the full, the whole time I've been in practice or in business, I've had some that have been with me from day one almost. And it's, it's, it really is a partnership. I understand them. I understand their business. I understand their pain points. They understand how I work and it's just a very symbiotic relationship, but it really is a true partnership. And so that's what it really, what I look for in a niche. And, um, I can, you can kind of tell if somebody's going to be a good fit fairly early on in that, you know, discovery process. Um, and so, um, I, I've expanded a little bit from that, from protecting the business assets to helping them protect their personal assets. So there's a little bit of estate planning involved there, but I have definitely been able to take a step back on a number of other um, practice areas. Um, I am trying to stay away from litigation as much as possible. Um, I still have a couple of clients that are tying up some loose ends there, but that's just not what I want to be doing and and the subscription practice and and the flat fees that I'm doing otherwise has helped me just take a step back from that. Um, I don't do a lot of person to person conflict. You know, that's the, the year one was take anything that walks by the door. Right. Because I, when I left the big firm, I didn't take any clients with me. I started literally from scratch. And so I didn't have that luxury. And I would say it was probably about nine months in that I was finally able to, I, I fired a client. I was like, this is just not worth it to me. Um, and that was kind of like the first, oh, huh, you know, I could, I have a little bit of breathing room. I didn't have to just keep grudging along with this client that was just a terrible fit and a lot of work and not a lot of reward for it. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's been a journey and things have changed, but now I'm at that point where I really can sift through, um, the potential clients and really pinpoint and, and choose the ones that are, I think are going to be the best fits for me. And that's been, that's been great. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it, but I think every attorney has had a client here or there that they really regret taking on or are kicking themselves for saying yes. Um, and it happens to all of us. It still happens to me every now and then, but it's definitely not the usual anymore. So it's, it's been a good experience so far. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we're going to talk about your, your, your business model with your, with your subscription pricing, your flat fee pricing. Um, and one of the biggest pushbacks that I get from 
people when we talk about these alternative fee arrangements is, um, well, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if I have somebody who just is a leech and they just keep needing my time and I didn't, and I didn't factor in for that. And you bring up a really good point, which is you can get rid of a client. You don't have to keep them. So, you know, if, if, by and large, the system is working and it's broken because of one person, say goodbye. There's, there's, you just stop taking their money and then you stop giving them your time and you're done and you part ways and you let them go and get served by somebody else who's a better fit for them. And you continue marching on forward with your business. So um, uh, a great book to read if you want to really understand uh, how bad it can be when you have the wrong fit clients and how to clean it up and a, a real process you can use. Uh, that book is The Pumpkin Plan by one of my favorite authors, Mike Michalowicz, um, also the author of Profit First. You all know I'm a big fan of that. Um, but one of his early books called The Pumpkin Plan, which is written with his cheesy sense of humor. Um, but the ultimate takeaway of that book is you know, this, this idea that a small subset of your clients are going to create the most of your profit. And if you continue to cut the fat, if you continue to get rid of the clients that are needy, the clients that are not, that, that are not serving you well, um, you can continue to elevate your business because it, it makes room for more of these really good clients. Um, and that's the thing that we don't, that we miss is, we want to be in business. So we're like, oh, well, I'm going to take every client I can get. But what you don't realize is, is that there's only so much time in the day. There's only so many people you can serve. Uh, now, ultimately, you can grow your firm, you can bring on more staff, but there's only so many people they can serve, right? And if you allow that time to be taken up by everybody, you're going to have a certain ceiling that you can earn. But if you continue to evolve and to eliminate these terrible clients and keep the good ones, what's going to happen is, is that your profit margin will continue to go up because you won't have collection issues. You won't have issues with somebody um, not, uh, not maintaining to boundaries and, um, and you'll be able to have more consistent results because of the time um, that you have available and the time that you need to spend per client because you've got all of these really good clients. And if you don't cut those bad clients, then you have to say no to a potential good client because you can't, you don't have capacity for another. Um, so it's, it's almost like I'm getting rid of something bad to make capacity for something good. Uh, so it's really important to see it, to understand that that's how it works and to see it that way uh, as, you know, as you're, as you're growing your firm, as you're growing your business. Um, so, let, let's dive into your, your structure. Uh, you have both the subscription model and the flat fee um, arrangement. Um, first of all, you said you started with this on day one. So I'm curious to know, like, did you see it somewhere? How did the idea come to you? And how in the world did you figure out how to structure it uh, so that it works for you? I definitely did not have the idea. Um, I, uh, Kim Bennett is um, kind of like you. I stumbled upon her. I can't even remember how I came upon her, but um, she has had a subscription model in her practice for, I don't know, well over a decade now. And um, when I started out my firm in 2018, she was launching kind of a, a program where she was teaching other attorneys the subscription model way because um, subscriptions, I mean, people think uh, legal subscription, they think legal zoom or legal shield or something like that. And that's not what my firm is. That's not what um, a true legal subscription uh, is. And so she was doing a program and rather than trying to have us all reinvent the wheel, she kind of gave us, gave us the ingredients and the recipe. And we just kind of followed it and uh, created it and she kind of guided us through that process. And so that was, I, I'm, I'm lucky I stumbled upon her as well, because I, I'd done the billable hour for far too many years and it, it it's draining. It's awful. Lawyers hate it. Clients hate it. Um, and at first I, it was kind of like, eh, is, are people going to buy this? Are people going to be interested in this? And, um, the answer is yes, they are, um, clients, uh, 
people in general are loving the Netflix way of life, subscription, everything, you know, I mean, you can get subscription food delivered to your house on a weekly basis. I mean, so there's legal services. It it, it all, it all kind of makes sense. People like that consistency Um, from legal perspective. They like knowing what their legal fees are going to cost with the billable hours. You know, I find that clients are hesitant to reach out and talk to you when they think that there might be a problem. They're going to wait until it's a full-blown forest fire before they call you um, because they don't want to, you know, risk getting a giant bill at the end of the month. And so just by having that consistency that they can build into their budget and they know that, you know, here's what you're going to get for that rate every month, um, which for me includes unlimited phone and email support for you know your basic issues and then the different projects and things like that. Um, but that means that my clients are picking up the phone at the, the beginning when there's an inkling of a problem. And so we're able to get out in front of those problems and keep them from becoming the forest fires. Um, and it's been, it's, it, it's funny when I first started out, my pricing was way too low because um, I, I was afraid. I thought that I was competing against the legal shields of the world. And I was like, well, they're charging businesses, what, $99 a month. I, you know, I can't do quite that, but uh, you know, I'll be close to it. And I didn't have a ton of biters. I mean, I had a few, but at this point I've now uh, almost tripled my pricing from when I started for my baseline. And I have more people that are more interested and more clients at this point than I did before. um, Because I think, that I was just, I was undervaluing my services, which in turn led the clients to potential clients to think, well, if that's all she's charging, she must not be very good at what she does. And so, um, that's been, a right. or, or I'm not, or I'm not going to really get what she's saying. I'm going to get right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and some months, um, I come out ahead. Sometimes the clients come out ahead. You know, um, I'll, I have a couple of clients where I won't hear from them from two months. I'll, I'll reach out to them, try to get them to talk to me and find out what's going on. And they're just stereo silent. And then in month three, they've got like five things that they need to do. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a victim of scope creep. I allow people to do a little bit more than they necessarily should on any given month sometimes. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that it all evens out and um, it's something that I'm, I'm aware of um, and something that I'm certainly working on is to kind of quell that scope creep for folks. But um, I know you had mentioned the, how do you make it affordable for clients while still profitable for me? And it, 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 t- it took a little bit of time to kind of get to that right pricing point, but it, I feel like I'm there at this point um, because there is that ebb and flow. Not every subscription client is going to need a lot of stuff every single month. You know, that's just natural. I mean, I have a couple of clients that, yeah, they have a small project they need every month. And they're, I call them my poster child um, clients because they're using the subscription exactly as I designed it, exactly how I wanted them to be using it. Um, but for some reason, they're they're the minority. Most of them are kind of nothing, 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 and then a few things, and then nothing, 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 and a few things. But it, it works out really well, and um, I've enjoyed seeing my clients grow from you know one, point A to point B, kind of seeing them uh, hire more people, take on more clients, just do more things um, because. And I know it's only a small part of it, but I'm helping them to have that legal foundation that they need to, to be able to do that. And that's because of the flat fees and the subscriptions that I'm offering to them. Right. And the key that I, that I wanted you to share, which you just did, but I now need to highlight it and point it out because I think that it's important for people to hear is it took you some iterations to get to the point where the pricing was right. And initially you were, you had fear guiding you, which caused you to charge too little. Um, And now you feel like you you're at a point where you've got your pricing set, where you're getting clients at this price, this price point, but you're also making a profit. You're also um, able to fulfill on what you've promised them. You're able to give the deliverable and still have money left over at the end. And I think that um, that that's the part, that's the piece that people are missing you don't set your pricing and then it's set in stone and I can never change it. So many people get stuck in this. Oh, I can't do this because I have to have it perfect before I start. 
And that's not the way business is. Nothing is ever perfect. And it's all an experiment. So the faster that you start experimenting, the faster you're going to get to the solution. And that's where I, you know, I, I, I have a lot of um, uh, awe of what you've done is because it's hard. It's hard to put yourself out there and try something new and to, and to do it um, and to monitor it and tweak it and make it better. But you've done the work. You've put, you've put it into practice and you've made the changes and now you're at the point where you finally got it right, right? Um, and there's no, it's, there's no sitting around and, and, and oh, I, I hit it, so now I'm set. I don't have to look at it again. You're always going to be making changes. There's always going to be new iterations, um, but you get to build on a foundation of lessons learned. And I think that's really what's most important. And it doesn't have to be around flat fee pricing or subscription model or anything like that. It could be about anything in your business. You know, people are afraid to hire their first employee. I don't know how to manage somebody. I don't know. I don't have an employee handbook. What am I going to tell them to do? How am I going to fill their time? You'll figure it out. You'll bring the person on. You'll figure it out. You A week will go by. They didn't do anything. And you'll realize, oh, my gosh, I just paid for a week of somebody's time and they didn't do anything. And you'll get a kick in the pants and you'll figure out how to fill their fill their fill their plate. It, they they want to take a day off. You'll realize I don't have a time off policy. You'll make a time off policy like those things are going to happen as a byproduct of you taking the action. So the thing that that we need to really hone in on is don't let fear or masked a different way perfectionism keep you from taking steps forward in your business and i think that you've done a great job at that christina so kudos to you but thank you for for bringing that to light here uh, where people can see it in demonstration um, as far as your scope creep thing uh, i want to give you a, a little bit of, of coaching here on the call um, when you do a subscription model, you build monthly. So the tendency is to think that your deliverables have to be couched in a monthly quantity. And the reality is, is that there's nothing stopping you from expanding that, right? You can say you have X amount to do in a year or in a quarter, and you don't want to make it too big because you don't want to, you don't want to owe somebody all these services. And then in month 12, they're going to come back and say, oh, I need all these things done. And now you've got one month to do it. So I get that. But instead of monthly, maybe make it quarterly. And this way, you don't have to feel guilty that in month number three, they're trying to use the stuff from month two and month one. Uh, they have 90 days to use it, right? Uh, so that's just one thing that you can do. The other thing you can do is realize that even though they're in a subscription and they're paying monthly, they're paying for access to you. They don't necessarily um, have to get everything for that. So there could be deliverables that they get. And then there could be deliverables that you charge more for, and maybe they're getting a discount for those because they're a subscription client. Um, but, it, but your clients will, um, they will be impressed by you more. They will think more highly of you if you stick to your guns. If you allow them to break those boundaries, what's going to happen is it's almost like a child, right? If you tell your child bedtime's at eight o'clock and then you let them stay up till 8.15, good luck getting them to bed at eight o'clock, right? Because that now there's a new, you've deviated from it. So now you need to live by that deviation. And that clients are the same way. They'll grasp onto this, the, any, anything that you do that, that violates that boundary, they're going to jump on that and they're going to start saying, oh, well, if I could do this, I can also do this. I can also do this. So all of a sudden they're calling you in the middle of the night. They're texting you on the weekend. They're, you know, they're asking for three things when they're entitled to one and you don't know what, when to put your foot down. So boundaries are really, really important. And, and don't let the fear of what they might say stop you from putting your foot down on the boundary. Because what's the worst that can happen? Again, when we look at fear, we always want to look at what's the worst that can happen. The worst that can happen is they're going to turn around and say, I don't get it. I just paid for three months and you can't do this thing for me. And then you have an opportunity to re-explain the relationship. You also have an opportunity at that point to make an exception, but at that point, it's you've already said no, you've, you've stuck to the boundary. And now if you make an exception, it's not you being weak, it's you listening to them and then hearing what they have to say, they have a good point and you can now re-clarify for them and make an exception this time. And now you can stick to your boundaries better the next time. So um, 
being be, uh, sticking to those boundaries is really important to be to be able to be successful long term. Um, so I love that you brought that up. We're almost out of time. And um, I wanted the opportunity to just highlight because you're a member of our elite lawyer coaching program. So I have a group coaching program I run um, and uh, we call it the elite lawyer group. And um, you're in that group. I would like to know if there's you know, something that you can share about the impact of being a part of that has had in your business um, that our listeners who might be, maybe they're a few steps behind you. Maybe they're at the same place you're at, but they want to take the next step forward. Maybe they're even beyond where you're at, but they're struggling with something. Um, I think that our elite program is really a one size fits all. Like anybody can, can join that and gain from it. And I'd like to know from your experience, what, um, what has been a positive impact that you've had from the, from being a member in that group? Yeah, I definitely, I agree. You know, it's a one size fits all. I mean, the, the folks that we have in the group right now, I mean, we come from all different practice areas, different practice sizes, different lengths of time being lawyers. And we all walk away with a lot from, from the group. For me, um, it's been good to have the accountability and the ability to bounce ideas off of other people. And, and again, it's just like a deeper dive into attacking a specific issue. Again, it can, for me and, and solo practice practitioners like myself, it can be lonely, you know, and uh, it's, it's when you're confronted with an issue, it, it can be difficult to take a step back and really see it for what it is. I mean, I know there's been a number of times where I, I think it's this big thing and I come and I bring the issue to the group and, and you're like, no, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just take a step back. Like here, let, let's address the issues. Let's plan it out and let's see what happens. And, um, that has been phenomenal for me because I, I mean, coming from the big firm, you know, I had accountability both in terms of the people whose name were on the wall and accountability to the attorneys that I was supervising and, um, trying to help them grow as attorneys. And when I went out on my own, I didn't have that anymore. I, that I've missed that sort of camaraderie and that real talk, um, I, I guess is another way to put it. Um, but through the program, I love our quarterly planning sessions. Um, I feel like when I started my business, I knew how to be a lawyer, but I had no idea what it meant to run a business. And for the first couple of years, um, I, I was, it was a steep learning curve and I was figuring things out as I went. Um, and we've been working together now, I think I did the law firm growth summit, I think in February or something around there, and then did the 90 day and now into elite and the growth that I've seen in my firm and the efficiencies and just the transformation I've seen in my firm, um, during those few months that we've been working together has been eye-opening. Um, uh, before I, you know, I wasn't really planning. I was just kind of floating along and saying, oh, I want to get this done, you know, and someday it'll happen. Um, but through the elite coaching and everything that we've done, I now have specific goals that I set for each quarter. I set specific, um, whether that's monetary, whether that's um, specific you know, contacts that I'm trying to make, different ways that I'm trying to grow my firm in a specific direction, you know, instead of it just being a kind of bouncing along and someday I'll get to it. I now have a specific plan that I've set, put in motion. And, um, I, this year I've seen my, my revenue has, has literally doubled from prior years. And I know a part of that is because I've been intentional in what I've been doing, because that's something that the elite program has helped me to, to realize that I need to do, you know, floating around, is okay for a little bit, but it's, I don't recommend it. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I can't remember if it was you or where I read it, but if I were to drive, I'm in Denver, if I was going to drive to New York city, I'd probably want a map to figure out how I was going to get there. Um, instead of just trying to wing it and just kind of generally drive in a Northeasterly direction. And the elite program has helped me not only create the map, but figure out what my destination is going to be. Um, cause I always figured, you know, planning, it's just so amorphous, you know, like so many things can go sideways. What's the point of even planning? Cause I did try to plan in 2020 and we all know how that turned out. So I kind of turned me off on the idea of planning initially, but then I came back, you know, in 2021 working with you and I set those goals. 
I surpassed a lot of those goals. And for a lot of them, I'm well on my way to getting to them. And it just, it feels good having that, having that plan, having that map. And it's kind of a sense of security, knowing that if I do the work, I can make things happen. And that's, that's that's really what elite has been for me. That's awesome. And I love it. And yes, I do share the GPS example, the map example. Um, I shared it on stage at the Law Firm Growth Summit when I pitched the 90-day program, um, but I share it all the time. It's um, it's a very good way for people to recognize and understand uh, how important it is. But uh, I saw a quote from Mike Morse that Mimi published in our, um, in our uh, book club. So we have a, a free book club for lawyers. Um, and we'll link it up in the show notes. I think it's profitwithlaw.com forward slash book club. Um, and you can join there. And they're currently reading Mike Morse's book called Fireproof. And the quote, I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like a plan without execution is just dreaming or something like that. And I think it's really important to plan, but I think it's also equally as important to be able to execute on the plan. And I think that's really the missing ingredient. Like anybody can create a plan, but then it goes in a draw. What do we do with it? Right. Um, but when you are, when you have an accountability environment, when you have an environment where we do quarterly planning, where you can tweak your plan, you can adjust it, you can, uh, and we're checking in on whether or not you've done the things that you were going to do um, and helping you get back on track because sometimes we get off track for emotional reasons, for uh, reasons that we need to help have somebody help us uncover so we can get back on track. Having that support is really, really important. And um, uh, folks, if anybody here, listening to this is interested in learning more about the program, the best way you can do that is to experience a free coaching session with one of our coaches. Um, and you can sign up for that at profitwithlaw.com forward slash free coaching, uh, profitwithlaw.com forward slash free coaching. Um, we limit the number of calls that we make available for free every month. Uh, so you want to make sure that you grab that, um, before it's too late. But when you look at the calendar, it's possible that there may be nothing available. Don't think you got to the wrong place. Um, it's just that we, you know, we don't provide an unlimited number of calls each month. Um, we're going to wrap it up. I really appreciate you being here, Christina. Uh, one thing I did say I was going to go circle back to is the episode that you were referring to. And I'm not sure if this is the one, because there's actually a few episodes where I talk about the concept of, of you know, living today and not trying to like prepare today to live potentially tomorrow. Um, but I, I, re I recorded an episode called Living Your Legacy Today Instead of Someday. And it's episode 197. Uh, in it, I share the story about a, um, a fire that I responded to as a paramedic and uh, somebody had lost their life. And I, I went into this, this whole um, idea of, uh, you know, you, you don't know when your time's going to come and, you know, forgetting what's important in life uh, today um, so that maybe you can have it tomorrow is not necessarily a good plan. Um, so if, if you want to listen to that, folks, it's profitwithlaw.com forward slash 197, or just do a search for living your legacy today instead of someday or profit with law episode 197 in your podcast player should be able to find it fairly easily. Um, and I don't know if that was the episode, but that's one that you can listen to that'll have the same, uh, the same message. And Christina, uh, as we wrap up, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to leave with our listeners? If you can sum up something from your three and a half years experience running your own law firm or your many years of experience as a mom um, or anything combined that you want to share with them um, at the end of this episode. Um, for me, I think it's recognizing what you need to make sure that you recognize when you're standing in your own way. Um, that's something that I tend to do a lot with my business and you need you're not an island. You shouldn't be doing it all yourself. You need to get help. And sometimes those people that are helping you can help you um, identify when you're when you're the log jam. And so in order to grow, uh, you've got to get out of your own way and get the help and the support that you need. And that can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. But you, you just got to be ready to kind of make a change and try things out. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay. It's It's not a failure. It was a lesson learned. Love that. Um, sounds very familiar. Um, I think that that is great advice. Um, there is a company out there that's got a logo that, I mean, just put that on the wall and it's Nike and it's just do it. Right. Um, and, and that's, if you live your life that way, you know, your business, your life, um, and you just 
take away all of the emotions around every decision and just do it, this, the, what happens next is going to tell us the result. And I think that that um, is something that, you know, we're so afraid of what might happen next. We create this fictitious ending and it's, ne- and it's never where we want to be, but the action is probably what we need to take to get to where we want to be. Um, so just go out there and do it. Love it. Um, all right, Christina, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they want to send you a client, they want to ask you more questions about what you're doing in your law firm, uh, how would they get in touch with you? Sure, they can um, send me an email at Christina at GilbertsonLawOffice.com. And that is Christina with the CH. Awesome. We will link, folks will link that up in the show notes as well. Uh, it should be in your description below your podcast player, or at least a link to the show notes page should be there. Uh, we also uh, always link it as the episode number. So it's profitwithlaw.com forward slash the episode number. I don't know what episode number this is um, as we're recording it, but uh, it will be um, it will be there um, at that uh, at that episode number. So uh, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time, Christina. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing. Folks, I hope that you had, there was a ton of takeaways here from her journey that you can now look at your own life, your own business and say, hey, am I doing something that I could be doing differently? Can I do, can I truncate some steps? Can I do something faster? Uh, Maybe I need some coaching. Maybe I need some technology tools. Maybe I need to go back in the archives of this podcast and listen to some more episodes. Whatever it is for you, uh, I hope that this episode inspires you to take some action in your business to move it forward. Because at the end of the day, we're not just trying to bring clients to the door and make some money and bring in some revenue, but we want to make some profit. We want to be able to feed our families, live our life, whatever it is, the business and the money is a vehicle to do that, but you need to give it a chance to do that. And I think that uh, there's a ton of uh, information that you just learned that you can take, take with and run with. And like we just said, just do it. Just go and execute on it. So folks, uh, tune in. We're here every uh, every week, twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesdays are typically solo episodes for me. I know I had a hiatus of replays for you because of personal stuff that was going on. Um, and I, um, at the time that this is released, I'm sure I will have already released an episode talking about that. But uh, we typically are here Tuesday and Thursdays, Thursdays being the uh, the guest interview episode. And we love to bring you uh, new experiences with those. And this has been an amazing one. So thank you again, Christina. We will see you. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Profit With Law podcast. Your feedback is extremely valuable to us as well as helping us reach more people with this valuable content. Please leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast directory. Join us again next time when we are back with even more strategies to profit with law.